Welcome to the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. I'm Stephanie Boyd, your host. In case you didn't know, Bammer stands for Badass Mother Runner. This podcast will bring you stories from across Kentucky and beyond about badass women running and the people that support them. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. It's Stephanie Boyd back again with another wonderful episode. And I'm so happy today to have our guest with us who I met um, probably a couple years ago and um, instantly fell in love with her because not only was she a registered dietitian, which my husband is, but she's also a hockey mom. And that's how I identified with her when I met her. And as you all know, my boys play hockey. And so I instantly loved her. So I want to welcome everybody, uh, Donna Giovanco, to the podcast. Hi, Donna. How are you? Hi, Stephanie. Very well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I got my run in before I called you. And happy National Running Day or Global Running Day. Were you able to run today? I got a short run in this morning around six o'clock. So it was hot when you were done. Yes, I got it done before (laughs) any storms would come through. But I told myself I had to get it in. It's Global Running Day. Can't miss it. Yes, I saw your post this morning wishing everybody global running day. So I figured you had ran uh, at some point, but yes. we finished up right before storms rolled in. We literally, we saw the lightning at like 730 and we were like, okay, we're done. <laughs> so yeah, glad you got in early. Yeah. yeah, it did cool off though. It wasn't so humid. So nice. I'm excited. We, we tried to do this on Sunday after our group run. It just didn't work out because of my scheduling conflict. So I'm so glad that you were flexible and able to come on tonight and talk with me. So I'm excited to have you on the show. Thank you. So you have a wonderful um, resume and a long list of accomplishments. And, you know, whenever I talk to people on the show, I like to go back and kind of just look them up and see like what they've done. And, and, you know, if we're friends on Facebook, I'll kind of look and see what you have there. And so, you know, I know that you're a registered dietitian, you're a nutrition coach, a personal trainer, an overall health enthusiast, um, to say the least. But why don't you, for those of uh, those people who are listening that don't know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about your professional and your personal background, whatever you'd like to share. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. So Donna Giovanco. Yes. As Stephanie said, I am a registered dietitian, um, certified personal trainer and, um, you know, um, married to my husband, John for 21 years. We just celebrated 21 years in May. Uh, we have two kids. Lance, um, is almost 19 in a couple of weeks. Isabel is almost 17 this summer. So, that's kind of where my, my life is, is, is mom <laughs> and work. I do work full time um, as a dietitian. Uh-huh. I am in my field and um, on the side, I have a very small private practice um, website that I've just started blogging. And um, so those are the things that keeping me busy right now. Yeah. So you have just recently added blogger to your resume then. Yes. So really this year, yeah. beginning of this year, it was something last year, 2018, that I just really wanted to to start blogging. And for some reason, I think it was honestly, it was fear that told me, nah, it, there's enough of them out doing mm-hmm. this. It's stupid. Um, and then just this year, I was like, no, I'm doing this. I, I, I It's something I want to do in my heart. I want to do it. I don't care um, what's out there. 
and I'm a credible voice and I want my voice to be heard and whoever wants to read it can read it. If they don't, they don't, but um, it's out there. I'm, I'm learning that, that end of it, the social media aspect of it. Um, there's a lot to learn. It's not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to quit my full-time job anytime soon, but it's um, just a little hobby, something that learning, playing with and another avenue to get information that's credible um, science-based out to my out to the public out to any of my friends out to anyone that wants to read it um, and I'm also that mom that I love health and wellness that I want to I love women's nutri- women's health so that was another aspect of my blog that I've kind of another route I guess I've taken that hey it's just it's all about your health and well-being and how can we live healthier mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I can appreciate it enough when um, we talk about this sometimes in the running group, and then we talk about it at home because I mean, you know, my husband's a dietitian, and um, it's amazing what you, where you can go on social media now and ask a question, and everyone's the expert in that whatever you're asking about. So, um, yes. or you can, you can just Google something <laughs> and find lots of answers. But how do people? How do you know consumers know? the information that they're getting is coming from someone who is an expert in that field. And so I always appreciate when I do come across a source like your blog um, and other things that I can read. And I know I'm getting like evidence-based types of information from someone who has a history of providing this type of care and and health and wellness information to people. So thank you for doing that. And and we'll talk about your blog a a little bit later, because I want to make sure people have a link to it and can go check it out because a lot of good information. So now, how long have you been a dietitian? So I've been a dietitian since, gosh, I'm going to be aging myself on, on a lot of, on a lot of things. I'll be aging myself tonight, but that's okay. Um, so I went to Spalding University here in Louisville, Kentucky. They, I was the last graduating class in their dietetic program in 1991. So I've been a dietitian since 1991. Um, my first job right after, right when I graduated, I went right into clinical dietetics um that was kind of the the route that you know oh you need to go into the hospital and work in the hospital um, for norton Healthcare. so i went right into that right after graduation and ended up doing all pediatrics at Co- what, what used to be cozier children's hospital so i was a pediatric right. dietitian for about six years and then um i had a really nice uh, offer, I don't want to say offer, but an opportunity to uh-huh. go into medical sales, to go into pharmaceutical sales as a uh-huh. dietitian. So that I did that for 10 years with um, the company Bayer, the Bayer Aspirin people. They yeah. actually sold um, a medication for diabetes and they wanted dietitians to market that product. So I did that for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that medication for probably two or three years. And then they, since, you know, there was a probably about 40 dietitians in the country, you know, across the nation that they hired. So they um, added blood glucose monitors to our portfolio to sell as well. So that's, so I really dug in deep with the diabetes aspect of it. And so that's really the main product that I sold for probably seven years with Bayer. Uh-huh. And then um, Medtronic 
had an opening in town for a clinical educator and that was for insulin pumps. So that was kind of like the next level. Um, so right. I went ahead and um, jumped from Bayer over to Medtronic and did that for about three years. And um, it just wasn't, it wasn't my cup of tea. There were some ethical issues that I honestly were not happy with. So um, I removed myself from that. And that's when I had to really dig deep and say, what, what do I want to do when I grow up? I became a dietitian because I love health and wellness. And um, I really wanted to get back into that. So I was like, how am I going to, how am I going to do that? I've been in sales for 13 years, have kept sure. up with my, my registration and all my licensing through, through the state of Kentucky, but how was I going to get back into that health and, and wellness um, field as a dietitian? And uh, in my marketing, I was, became a, a friend of mine, worked at Baptist East Milestone Wellness Center and said, hey, we've never had a dietitian. Why don't you talk to them about having a dietitian on staff? So I talked with them and worked there for about three years as a dietitian. And um, that's where I was able to, to just get back into the health and fitness, health and wellness, became a personal trainer while I was there because I realized that, you know, clients really, they, they'll pay money for a personal trainer um, two and three days a week. They really did not want to pay money for a dietitian. Um, you know, oh, I only need to see you once a month. I don't, you know, that's okay. And so that's when I realized, you know what, if I added that personal training to my resume, uh, I could do both. And it just ended up that while I was there, I focused a lot on teenagers who were in sports. And um, that's kind of, I grew, and that's kind of where, the, and I've always loved sports nutrition. Uh-huh. So back up in 1991, I even did my, you know, my, my, my paper on, on sports nutrition. And people just kind of look at me like you're crazy. There was no such thing as sports nutrition, you know, in 91. Um, but, and there was, there were, the sports teams didn't have dietitians back then, but being at Milestone and being able to work with some teenage athletes, I was like, I, I kind of fulfilled that, that desire to work with those, that sports nutrition. So that's kind of what the private practice does as well. It kind of fills that void of, of sports nutrition. So then being at Milestone, I was doing a lot of, um, public talk with corporations and then that's I'm currently in corporate wellness so for a company um, here in town so so that's kind of how I've my, my how I've ended up where I'm at now so the corporate wellness aspect of it is getting the employees healthier so that they don't have as much sick time off so that they're um, you know they're healthier at work and it's a very fulfilling job. Um, I love it. It's something different every day because I can go out and do presentations to groups. I can do one-on-ones. We have um, a whole medical staff as well that I work with. So I can actually say if somebody's newly diagnosed with diabetes, they're sent my way. Um, so I kind of get a, a large variety being in corporate wellness um, that I can see that improvement. And, and, and um, follow my clients as well. 
So do you have, um, do you have any telehealth that is involved with that? Like, do you do visits from like electronically ever with clients? Is that part of the course? I have, I, I do not, I do not only because all my clients are here in Louisville. So <laughs> I am the dietitian for, um, my, the company I work for is called Concentra and we are, we have a wellness center downtown that's just for the employees of the city. So I really just work for the employees of the city that carry insurance through the city. Gotcha. Um, so I don't need, so I don't, I don't have that desire. For, I don't have to use the telehealth because yeah. everyone is here in town, but um, I have in the past. And um, I just think it's fascinating that um, I work with advanced practice nurses and a lot of what they're going to, to serve, like to serve um, people in rural areas or places where there are not a lot of clinics, wellness and health um, resources. They're doing a lot of that for not, not just chronic health issues, but, you Mm -hmm. know, just like visits where people have a sore throat or whatever, which I think is fascinating. Oh, it is very cool. Yeah. But I was listening the other day to a podcast where they had um, some guests on the show that had coaches and nutrition, mm-hmm. uh, um, sports nutritionists mm-hmm. and some dietitians, and they're all talking about how they trained mm-hmm. these elite athletes that were trail runners like in Peru and Argentina that um, there were no clinics and there were no places for them to go and even get like wellness checks and they were providing their healthcare through telehealth and they were providing obviously their training, mm-hmm. um, you know, and their, all their dietetics, you know, their, they go over their meal plans using telehealth. And I just thought it was fascinating because I'm like, you really can be an elite yeah. athlete and live in this area where there's no access to that kind of stuff. Thanks to sure. technology. So yeah. I was just curious if you even sure. use that in your private practice at all. I have used it in my private practice. Um, mm-hmm. Very little. I, I feel like I need to, investigate the companies that provide the telehealth Uh that way Uh it's that HIPAA confidentiality I just don't want to do a FaceTime you know and Uh I have in the past done that but I kind of warned my clients like hey I'm we're doing FaceTime this is not you know it's not secure so I that is something that I have thought about investigating in because it is it's it's you I could I could see clients anywhere you know, right. and then I could see clients from anywhere where I'm at, you know, so, um, so yeah, so, so it's almost the gamut as far as put your mind to it, think about what you want to do and where you want to go and where you want to grow and, and, and you can do it nowadays. Right. right. Yeah. Technology is so, amazing. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So let's jump back into it. We've talked a little bit about your professional, you know, what you're doing professionally right now, but I want to take a minute and back up and I want you to take us back to whenever it was that time that you started, when you learned about running and how you started your running journey. Sure. Do you, what are, what are you, when were your first memories of running or, you know, how did you get into the, just the sport itself? Yeah. So I remember, um, you know, it's one of those vivid things. Uh, I was 16 uh, and my dad was going to start running. He told me, he's like, I'm going to start running. And so, of course, my mom was like, no, you're not. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to start running. So he would go over to Bellarmine University College, Bellarmine College at the time. Uh And it's nothing like we would know it now. It was a cinder track. Um, There was like, it was not, it was a very small campus. And he would just go over and just run. It was a fourth of a mile uh, track. And he would just go 
run that. So I started going with him and I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't run, you know? So I would just like run a little bit, walk a little bit, run a little bit. And he actually, he didn't stick with it very long. And I guess, and so then he would just take me over, even though I was 16 and I was driving, he would take me over there because he did not ever want me to be by myself. So it was, I don't even remember how many nights a week I would go. I just know that, hey, I just want to go over to Bellarmine and run. Um, so then as, you know, I remember running that first mile and being like, oh my gosh, I did a mile, so happy. Um, and I would just run around that lap. I mean, I would, that's all I would do is just run the fourth mile loop at Bellarmine. Uh, and I don't recall how many years I did that. I did do my first 5K uh, in 81. I'm so I was 16, I guess, 17 when I did my first 5K. Um, and I know every summer it was called the Redbirds Run. And Redbirds was a baseball team here in town. Um, and they were out at the Fair and Expo Exposition Center. So they would have a 5K once a summer before a, a game. So I think I did that probably three years in a row. Um but that was kind of how I started running. So I started when I was 16 and never really stopped. And I always ran at Bellarmine. And then probably when I was, gosh, I don't even know how old, you know, when you're running in the same spot all the time, you see the same people. So I got to know people and, um, Finally, they said, hey, let's go. You need to go to Joe Creason. So then I ventured over to Joe Creason Park. And it wasn't paved. It was all grass and uh, just a trail. But I would, just do, I would just do up that hill and down the hill. Up the hill, down the hill. And there are days, I remember, there were, there were, there were times where it's like all I did was run up and down the hill like every day. For days on uh -huh. end uh -huh. and it was like you know you look back on it and it's like oh my gosh that's all I did but it made me a very strong runner but um so 84 I ran my first 10k down in Bowling Green they had a big every fall they had a big 10k down at western Kentucky um so I did my first 10k down there my aunt and uncle took me down there because they had started running and I remember suffering so oh, I hated that. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to do this again. It was like 64 <laughs> minutes or something. It was like horrible. Um, but I just kept at it. And uh -huh. Uh -huh. probably when I was 21, 22, I realized I would do, you know, summer 5Ks. And I was like, you know, I was doing eight and I was, I was always, I always ran for time. So I would always run like an hour, an hour, 10 minutes, hour, 15 minutes. Um, we didn't have garments back then. We didn't have, right, right. Didn't have, you know, didn't have any of that. So I would just like have a watch and like, oh, okay, I'm going to run for an hour 10. Um, running got me through pretty much, I, I can I can say running has been a part of my life since I was 16. And it has gotten me through the good and the bad of my life. You know, it's just like when you're, when you have problems I would go out and run when I was not doing well in school I would go out and run um mm -hmm. I you know I started off college at U of L University of Louisville but um did not stay there long 
and um, ended up taking a break from college for about a semester or two to decide what do I want to do when I grow up. And that's when I mean, I was I was running and interested in health at that time. And I guess I was 21, maybe when I was kind of having a transitioning and like, what do I want to do? Um, and that's when I decided, hey, looked into nutrition. And, and if I can go back just a little bit about because I, I remember my, I had a job when I was in high school at Baskin Robbins. And, um, and I worked there for, for five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked there for five years. And um, I, I remember specifically a woman came in and she came in once a week and you get to know your customers. She came in once a week and she would get a triple dip of chocolate ice cream on a cake cone. So every time I would see her coming, I would get the cake cone ready and I would be like, what, what chocolates do you want today? Um, and one day she said, oh, can you believe I'm going to go teach a weight loss class after I eat this? And I'm like, what do you do? After yeah, after she eats her uh-huh. chocolate, her chocolate. And uh, I was like, oh, what do you do? And she's like, I'm a registered dietitian. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that always stuck in the back of my head. So I would look up. So I finally uh-huh. looked up what is a registered dietitian? What do they do? And I was like, you know what? That's when I decided that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in uh-huh. going to nutrition. So um, Spalding and UK at the time were the two programs in, t- in um, the state. So Spalding right. being in town, um, I, I went ahead and, you know, started at Spalding. And I didn't do well at UofL because classes were very big. And um, sure. they didn't know I was there. So I didn't always go to class. Uh-huh. So when I got to Spalding, right. there were seven people in my class. You know, one of my classes had seven people. <laughs> like, oh, okay, they're going to know I have to be here. Ouch. Yeah, exactly. So I yeah. did start off. So, I, so I'm a late bloomer as far as that goes. I was probably 22 when I started Spalding. And I had pretty okay. much had to start as a freshman. So back then, being 22 as a freshman was pretty old, you know. Uh, but yeah, um, I actually it's not like there's like all ages, yeah. you know, that are kind of mixed yeah. together. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. So there were a couple of women going in the nutrition program that were older than me. There was actually like three women, I think, that were older than me in the nutrition program. But there were seven of us in the nutrition program. Um, but I remember having, you know, just just general elective classes with twenty people in it, and they called on you. So it really. Huh? changed my whole like I have to study I have to get through school but one of my hardest classes was organic chemistry and I was just like and I you know strictly remember like not doing well in that class and I would study a little bit I had this big test coming up and it's like I had to do well I was going to make or break whether I continued in the nutrition program and I remember I would study a little bit and I would go out for a run and I would memorize everything while I was running I would come back home, study, oh. and I would go out for a run, and I would memorize everything on that run. Well, I got like a like an A plus on that test, and he accused that the professor accused me of cheating. <gasps> and um, oh, no, you're totally devastated. Oh, yeah. And I was like, no, I studied for this test, and I told him how uh-huh. I did it, and he was like, I believe you. He's like, I'm so sorry, you know, and oh. um, 
so from then on, that's kind of when running was like, it helped with so much mental. Uh-huh. Yes, it was physical and I was very thin. Um, very, very thin. And I used running to keep me very, very thin. But uh-huh. my out is what I did. That uh-huh. I, I ran. You know, if I dated a boy and he didn't like my running, I'd be like, eh, I don't need you in my life because you're not going to accept my running. So, so I didn't date much. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but, um, but as I was, you know, running um, and I would do 5Ks and I'd get faster and I'd start, you know, placing in my age group or uh-huh. winning my age group. That's when I realized, wow, I could, you know, could really that do was, something with it. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. And I graduated college when I was 26, um, started my full-time job. So the woman that hired me was um, at Norton. We had her at the very end of school, like all the preceptors from all the hospitals came in and that woman that ordered the triple dip ice cream <gasps> was sitting in that room. Did you know she and was going to No, I had no, I hadn't seen her. I hadn't seen her since, oh I, was my a, a, since I was a teenager. And I went up to her and I said, excuse me, but um, you used to come in Baskin Robbins to get a triple dip of chocolate on a cake cone. And she gave me like the meanest look. And she was like, oh, my gosh. And I said, I'm sorry. I worked there. And I said, I remember you coming in. And she said, do you have a job yet? And I said, no, I don't. And she said, call me Monday. You've got a job. No said, okay. way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're still friends today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that story. So, so it was gonna, very yeah. Yes. I was going to ask you, you know, this whole time that you're, like, you're studying and you're running, did you do all your running by yourself? Or did you know other women that were running at that time? No. No, I did it all by myself. I did it all alone um, at Joe Creason. Now, I did have, I had some men that I met, uh-huh. um, two that I can remember very vividly um, that helped me with my running. Like, they would help me with my form. Um, they would, you know, they were always there because um, we'd always run at the same time. So, they kind of, they were the ones I ran with. And they were, gosh, a lot older than me. Um, so then about when I graduated from college, that's kind of when I was like, okay, I have to find some running friends uh-huh. and I would run, my parents lived in the Highlands, so I was still living at home and I would just run from their house over to Seneca park and back. So you would see the same people. Right. And by, you know, that time you don't, you didn't have headphones. Everybody was friendly, um, running. And, um, I finally, there was a group that always met there and I finally just got up the nerve to say, (laughs) Hey, can I run with you all? And they, and it's, it's funny because they wouldn't, they kind of like, Oh yeah, we see you at all those five K's. You're the one that runs really fast and all those five K's, you know? And you kind of like, Oh, okay. So there were women in that group. Well, those women ended up being my best friends and they were like, they were the ones that were my maid of honor and my wedding and my awesome. Um, yeah. So they were my, they, they were my best friends, you know, um, yeah. they're the ones that did my first marathon. Running, well. yeah. When you were running you had those five K's and winning and you're like, how fast were you? What was your pace then? Oh gosh. Um, 
Do you remember? I know you do. Well, well, I don't, well yeah. My, my, my PR for a 5K was like a 20, 20 minute, 20 second. I never broke a 20. Okay. Um, so how did so you yeah, decide? 21 to, to 22. Yeah. So did you decide to start running other types of races? I mean, how did you get, like, I know you've done triathlons and. Right, right. So, so then. Tell us about this evolution because obviously you started running with this running group and what happened mm-hmm. after that? I guess when I, so I ran the mini for the first time, the KDF, the Kentucky Derby Festival mini for the first time in 1988. So, um, you know, again, I wasn't running with too many people, but because I was running Joe Creason, you know, uh-huh. it's like all the time. You know, finally, that's when the guys that I was running with, he was like, hey, you're ready. You're ready to, you know, run the mini. And I was like, okay, I'll run the mini. Um, so my first mini was like an hour 55. But mm-hmm. I had no clue what I was doing, you know. But um, so, yeah, so I guess in town, there were 5Ks mainly in the KDF. They did have the Triple Crown, but the Triple Crown consisted of a 10K, a 15K, and back then, the mini was part of the triple crown. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, so then those races were the ones that you would run, you know, I would, I would run, run, um, and just a lot of 5Ks, and there weren't too many 10Ks in town. Right. You know, travel. Well, right. Yeah, it's not a popular distance. Yeah. Um, so then after 88, I, pretty, I ran the mini marathon every year for nine years after that. Um, Amazing. And like the second year, I mean, it's just funny, you know, the first year I did a 155, the second year I did a 148, you know, yeah. and then I think kind of just hovered right around that time for a really long time. And then um, that group I was started running with, um, you know, we would do longer stuff training rise and, and then that's when I started doing speed work over at Wagner because Wagner every Tuesday night would still have speed work so that's when I started doing speed work over there with them and getting faster and then in um, 1994 for the summer of 93 is when the first Disney World marathon I guess opened up to be ran 1994 January and so the running group I was with said, let's all do that marathon. And that was my first marathon. Okay. So I had that group to train with. So that was my first marathon, 1994. For the, and then it was the, you know, the inaugural Disney World Marathon. Um, and trained with them. And uh, yeah, I mean, that and ran that marathon for the first time. And I did 339. You know, so that was That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was the training, but we did mile repeats. Like every, you know, I was telling somebody this week, I was like, yeah, was, my training was mile repeats on one Saturday. The next Saturday was our long run. Mile repeats one Saturday. You know, so you're, you're training. I mean, that was all we did, you know. But then I had that nutrition background as well because I love that sports nutrition that also right. helped me get through, you know. Right. There was say, at that point you were a dietitian and you so oh yeah you know thinking about just the I mean of course that could have been an edge for you in a sense but I Mm -hmm. mean you were probably 
just experimenting as you went like any other and even though you had the knowledge you had to figure out what worked for you and what didn't work for you and back then there were like less I'm assuming there were less options oh yeah it's like you didn't you didn't take nutrition during your run right had we would had water and we would have had Gatorade on our routes but you didn't eat anything or take gels or anything during your run whatsoever um like a power bar power bar the actual power bar came out and they were just so hard and chewy. I was like, there's no way I'm going to eat something like that while I'm running. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, so yeah, lots of things have changed, but right. the diet, it was the nutrition that I ate outside of the run that yeah. really gave me the edge. And that's, you know, that was, I was very strict in my nutrition. Um, Did your running partners seek out infor- like information from you uh, you know not which a whole I- lot yeah not a whole lot believe it or not um back then they didn't for that race they did not I think it was after that that everybody we were kind of like oh yeah we need to you all need to really focus on nutrition so because you were probably you probably after- in 339 oh. and you probably felt pretty and they were probably oh. like dying like we <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, exactly. Some did good, some didn't, you know. So yeah, yeah. so it was we were all it was kind of the gamut of, of who did what. Um, but then that year and so then I qualified for Boston with that race, but back then you had to I had to Boston was in April and I qualified in January. Well I had to run Boston that April. It wasn't like, oh you wait a year to get you in. have all this training. Yeah, and um, because of the Kentucky Derby Festival was so popular and was such a main race here in town that I took the, my my uh, conditioning from that marathon and put it into the KDF Mini instead of Boston. You know, looking back on it, do I regret that? Yes, I regret that. But, hey... <laughs> It's okay. You know, I never qualified again after that. Not that I, I mean, all my marathons were fast. They just never got to that qualifying time of the 340. Um, but my goal for the mini was to age, to place an age group for the mini. Because I had never placed an age group that was very, um, you know, highly sought after to age, placing your age group for the mini. So that was my goal and I did place in my age group. I don't really remember what I placed, but I did place to get a, a Louisville stoneware mug. You met your goal. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then after that is when I got into triathlons, I was like, okay, I want to start, you know, you know, you're working full time, you're single and I run. So it's like, Oh, I need something else to, yeah, I need, I need, I want to, I want to get a bike. The people that you're running with, were they biking or swimming or how did you? Some of them was were like- starting to do some triathlons. So, yeah. So then me and one of my girlfriends and then a couple of the guys just all kind of like, okay, let's all go out. And um, I got a bike. And then on Saturday afternoons, we'd go for a bike ride. So, and then I joined the Y and um, started swimming. So then I did my first triathlon that summer of 94. Um, back then... The um the only one they had in Kentucky was it was in Shelbyville, Kentucky. So, we, um so I did that one, and it was 
kind of like an Olympic distance. You know what? They had a long run as well. They actually had one out long run. Did they? So, yeah. So I think that. So I think I went out and watched Shelbyville, and then I did the long run. Okay. That was my first, and then the following year I did Shelbyville, Kentucky, and then long run, and then we travel up to Shelbyville, Indiana, and they had a series <laughs> of June, July, and August up in Shelbyville, Indiana, and then in '95. I actually met my husband in 95 I'm at a triathlon in Shelbyville, Indiana. And then kind of like, hi, I'm from Louisville. He's like, yeah, we're from Louisville too. Um, and then we met again up in Chicago. I was with my group of friends. He was with his group of friends. And we saw each other at the expo and pretty much from then on. Just so he was doing off. oh yeah he had already done two Ironmans before I met him okay so, did he talk you about Ironman uh, yes so he did um, so we started dating and that's all we did was our triathlons like you know that was just I remember one summer hey, what are you doing this weekend <laughs> yeah so we, we did ten we did ten triathlons one summer we just traveled all over and just did triathlons um, but um I guess we got engaged in 96, got married in 98. And of course, I wasn't young. So I was 30 when I met him. We were 33 when I got married. So I was like, hey, my clock's ticking. We got to start thinking about kids. And he's like, oh, you got to do an Ironman before we have kids. Um, So I'm like, okay. And he was like, well, that was easy. So then we, um, (laughs) so they only had. It was an act you made. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I'll do Ironman, then I get pregnant, you know. Uh, we do Ironman. So, um, so they had, he had done three Ironmans up in Canada and then they didn't have any in the lower 48. So Canada was the only one in, um, North America besides Kona uh-huh. and they came, Ironman came out with one in Lake Placid, New York. So that's what we, so there's 11 of us that signed up for that. So I was the only female um, and that was going to be August of, or July of 1999. So, so then we signed up like a year in advance and um, yeah, so there was 11 of us for that and the training just sucked. I mean, I'll just, you know, I just, I hated the training. How did you train here for that race? I mean, what was your approach? Did he train with you or did you kind of train? Well, we, uh, well, we trained, we, we all had the same training schedule. We had 11 of us got together, had the same training schedule. Uh, I did actually do nutrition for everybody at that time. And then um, I was slower being the female. So on our long 100 you know from 80 to 100 mile bike ride head out to what is now like norton commons and yeah that that was nothing that was like nothing was out there and so we would do sleepy hollow and we had about a 40 mile like a 20 mile out and back course that we did so the guys would just we would all just stay on that course that way i would always know they were out there so if something happened I know they'd be passing me. Uh-huh. 
soon. So we all kind of did that same course. Yeah. So we all trained on the same course. Um, so I was never by myself, even though I was by myself, but, um, it was the, yeah, you know, the, the running for me was no problem. I enjoyed swimming. I just hated biking. It was just, I just, I've never, yeah, it's not my favorite. I don't feel comfortable on a bike, but, um, so how did you you fare in the race? I finished so 14 and a half hours. Um, so yeah, so I finished, so, you know, and, uh, uh, crossed that finish line and took me to medical right away because I just started shivering and um, um, got got an IV and felt great the next day and um, I think everybody that went I can't say all of them I can't say everybody finished there might have been one or two that didn't finish and there there were a couple behind me as well so but um, yeah so then after that I pretty much hung my bike up and just said, I'm done. I'm huh. done. It was, I want to, you know, yeah, it was, yeah, my one, my, my one Ironman had died, but we probably, I probably, probably did probably 50 triathlons <laughs> between sprint and Olympics yeah. and halves, you know? Right. Um, but it was, you know, Hey, got pregnant probably two months after Ironman and. Um, so, so you kept up your bargain. What's that? You kept up your end of the deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I did my Ironman and, uh, we had fun, got memories, got the pictures, and um, is this the picture that I saw that you showed me on your no, phone? That's a that's a sprint. I think that's a sprint one. It looked amazing. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I can't wait for people. I mean, it's amazing oh, because yeah. I mean, I look at you now, and I I still feel like in my eyes you look that way to me because I just think over just overall you're just so fit and. Ooh. You know, I just like to see you and see you run with everybody in the group. So, uh, so Donna and I are in Moms Run This Town together. Now, when did mm-hmm. you um, become part of Moms Run This Town? Um, two years ago. So 2017, I think it was like March. It was right before the mini. So yeah. and probably that How summer is when I Moms Run This uh, Town. Do you remember? Oh, gosh, I want to say Karen Brady, but I can't. Oh, I yeah. want to say she's the one that directed me towards Moms Run This Town. But if it was somebody else, I, I'm sorry. But um, yeah, I want to think it was Karen. Um, joined, kind of stalked for a little bit, and then became a little bit more active that summer, meeting up with people. And uh-huh. um, I guess you you know you do that one or two meetups, and it's like, oh okay, this is fun, and yeah. um, it just kind of evolves from there. But um, moms run this town in the last two years. You know, when you go from running really, really fast and winning age groups. And, and I can't say, you know, when I had kids, I still ran. I'd say in the last five years, I've slowed down, you know, um, mm-hmm. things change, my body changes, you get older, whatever. Um, right. And, you know, priorities change. So it's not a priority, but, mm-hmm. you know, you have those, it's a mental thing that, oh, going out to run and it's like, Oh, I'm not doing what I used to do. So why should I even be out here? And there's a lot of, yeah. And there's a lot of people that I did run with that don't run anymore for that particular reason. And, you know, I have to step back and say, I love to run. It's gotten me through a lot of things in my life. It's helped me. It's, um, it's, it's always been there. You know, I tell my husband just, you know, running has been around longer than you have. So, you know, running is the one thing I'm not going to give up, 
but right. you know it's so so mom's run this town has helped me meet so many new friends i have so many running partners now that i love and but it's also helped me to accept that you know what i'm out here running and that's the most important thing and i i I will honestly say that i don't enjoy racing any longer Uh i don't enjoy even being in a race any longer um Uh you know i've continued to do the mini i'm going to do the indies half Uh, yeah i think i'm going to do the um you know the trail running is fun um I'll continue to do that here and there, but mm-hmm. I don't have that desire to be on a schedule. And, and right. I, will, I will completely admit that to anybody that I don't love being on a running schedule right now. And I enjoy just, Hey, I want to run. If I want to run two miles, if I want to run five miles, knowing that I can is great and keep my mm-hmm. fitness up. But I also enjoy the lifting of the weights, the swimming of the laps, doing spinning class. Right. Um, you know, I enjoy other things that I want to continue to stay active. But I can respect mom's... that. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I've never raced in on the capacity that you have. And I just know just training for a race, not with any other goal other than to complete it, to be on a rigorous train. I was on a tra- full training schedule training for something for a year and yeah off of it and was like this is feels so free like I can go do whatever I wanted to do if I want to run one mile if I want to run 10 miles if I want to go swim I can do that right and I wasn't even training at the level that you were so I can I can imagine you know at your level training for all those races and then you know feeling like it's exactly what you said like I just want to go enjoy it I don't want to feel pressured to do it because I think at some point it's like you set new goals for yourself and your priorities do change. And even mine are, right. mine change, all, you know, all the time. And I'm not sure, sure. Out there doing, sure. doing any crazy pace or anything, but I think that you just live in the moment that you're in. And I think moms run this town just kind of lets us all be okay with where we're at and no one's competing anybody else. And it's just about enjoying running. I mean, the longevity part, I think to me is important. I think, you coming into the group and just um, so a lot of people don't know your story and all your accomplishments and running and, you know, and we love it when you come, whether you know it or not, because you're just so, (laughs) you know, motivational and inspirational and, Mm -hmm. and then people probably do ask you questions (laughs) related to, I don't care. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. I'm not, but try not to like we try not to talk about it a whole lot right. but yeah you can ask me anything that's fine you know it, it's a you know we have a whole yeah we have a whole file cabinet of race results because race results were you had to wait a week like for the mini for them to get printed on the paper you know so we have a whole file cabinet of nothing but race results it's quite funny i love it you know look back at all that stuff but yeah but i love to motivate the new ones yes. and um, listen to hear their story and watch them come so far yeah. that that's what that's what mom's run this town is all about and that's what gives me the energy to keep running honestly it, it's those it's it's seeing everybody where they're at uh-huh. and where they've come from and it's like you know what I'm, I'm so lucky to be able to to continue to be out there you know yeah. 
So, and you, so you, this new world of blogging, you, I'm going to go back to this for a minute because you said something to me that made me write a note down, which was you kind of, when you thought about blogging, you put it aside because you had that like a negative, that inner critic that was like, no, you can't do that, you know, or something was putting mm-hmm. you away from it. it. It was that inner part, inner critic of you. Yeah, that fear. Yeah, yeah, sure. So that is what happens to a lot of women who are scared to come into the group or when they come into the group, mm-hmm. they don't, um, they don't label themselves as a runner. And there's this lot of mm-hmm. inner critic that's talking to them. So if you talk to, to women, either in the group or just people in general who are thinking about taking up running, what advice to new runners would you give um, to kind of help get over that hump? Just like you did maybe when you started running or maybe now like when you're going, when you're trying new things that you've never done before, like blogging, like how do you get around that and just put your, push yourself forward to, if it's obviously, if it's something that is in the back of your head calling, you, you probably should try it, but how do you move forward with it? Sure. If it's something you want, something you want bad enough, you, you just do it. Um, if it's somebody that's starting off new or somebody doesn't want to join a group run, it's like, just, just do it. Just take that first step. You don't have to go a mile. You just, you know, I tell my clients all the time, get out and do something for five minutes, you know, run, walk for five minutes, go for a walk for five minutes. You're going to, you're going to notice that you feel so much better. And that's kind of what I want to focus on is, how do you feel? It's not about the scale or the weight or the looks. It's like, Hey, I want you to feel better. And, and this is gonna, this is going to be one way for you to, to do that. And um, for new runners, it's like, yeah, just keep, just keep at it. Just keep that foot in front of the other for just keep doing it. And you're going to eventually be like, Oh, wow. You, you do feel better, you know? And then, Oh, okay. You realize that it's more than, just meeting that mile it's it's so much more that goes on inside you that that keeps you coming back for more yeah yeah I mean I started running late in life and I do I try not to do have any regrets in life but I do think about what if I'd started right <laughs> earlier who knows I mean, maybe my body sure. Would have sure. I wouldn't be running now but yeah. for me it's about longevity and like not burning yourself out and you know mm-hmm. new runners sometimes they do. They think they're going to walk outside the door and go run three miles, like the right. first that they run. So I think right. that's great advice. You just kind of have to be pa- be patient and don't take it out. Don't start too big. I mean, very rarely right. you can just step out the door and run a mile without right. stopping. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to so, be a runner for life and not just yeah. like one race or two. So it's like, Hey, if you get injured, it's okay. Don't, it's okay. You'll, you'll be coming back stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, just be patient. You know, if, you know, if something in life gets in the way, it's going to get in the way, you know, kids, you know, when I had kids, that was, that's kind of when I really, um, cause I was running a lot and I was like, gosh, you know, every day after work, I'd meet my running buddies at five thirty to go for a run. Um, uh, when I had, you know, Lance, I was like, gosh, I can't just, go meet my running buddies and it was a huge change in my life style but it was also I just had to kind of like talk to myself and say what's important now in your life and I wanted to keep my running up but I hey I just have to make those changes I'm gonna have to change the time that I run I'm gonna have to you know that that's a priority for me to keep that up Mm -hmm. so 
So yeah, so things are going to get in the way. You just have to kind of like, I said, always evaluate what are, what are my priorities at this time, you know, and how am I going to achieve that? I think that's great advice because those, those things are usually always changing. So we have to be flexible. And I think running really teaches you how to deal with setbacks and, you know, just in life in general, I take like life mirrors running in a lot of ways in terms of the struggles that you face and the challenges and how you overcome those things. And even though I've only been running a few years, I will, when other people will say they're having a particular challenge in life, if they're also runners, you can find a way to kind of Mm -hmm. say, well, think to the time when you were running and this happened and, you know, how did you overcome Mm -hmm. that? So, yeah, I think running teaches a lot about how to overcome challenges for sure. Sure, Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Obviously you have to be be (laughs) and flexible. Yes, exactly. Yes. So the last thing I want to ask you before we go, or two more things, but the last thing that I've been, um, I like to ask all of the podcast guests that we have on um, is, so the part of this, the focus of this podcast are BAMers, which we all know. Mm -hmm. um, So when you think about a BAMer, what is, what does that person look like to you? What are some characteristics or how would you describe a BAMer in your own words? Uh, I think, you know, goal setting, they, they, they set a goal and they go after that goal, but it's also, um, it's, it's also going to be just that they, they keep going. They're not going to stop once they've reached that goal. Maybe they're going to set another goal. Um, it's, it's all about continuing to grow, um, and, and going along with the obstacles, facing the obstacles, knowing when you need to back off, when you need to move forward, um, but in the end, you're, you're, you continue to, to move forward, whatever that's going to look like for mm-hmm. you. So yeah, there's a lot of bammers around that I have, that I've actually, um, you know, I've learned from, you know, and, and it's been great the last two years to be around so many strong women that I've, you know, I love to motivate women. Uh-huh. Um, and I love to motivate others, but uh-huh. you know, the group will never know how much I get motivated from them as well. So that makes it's me the happy. best part. And I've referred so many people to <laughs> to it to, you to have. The too. Oh my gosh, it's you have. And it's like you have to join this group. <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate that, and we appreciate all the support that you provide in the um, in the group. And I really I follow you, and I listen to what you what you tell other people when they ask questions because I feel like I learn from that too, even if it's not you know applicable to the current situation I'm in. But you're obviously a bammer, and, and so we have to listen to what you say because you have a lot of wisdom and knowledge and, yeah. and we love you for that. So thank you no, for being a part of our group. <laughs> so if people want to check out your, um, if people want to check out your blog and see what you write mm-hmm. about, or maybe they're more interested in um, like some nutrition coaching or something like that, how, where can sure. they find you on social media? And what's your blog website? Yeah. So the website is Donna Um And then honestly on the website, you will be able to see all of my social media. Um, on there so you can just click on there and like facebook right to my social yeah so facebook twitter instagram um you can go right to those pages and then my email address is on there and my phone number is on there as well so um so yeah do not hesitate to to reach out 
Awesome. Well, I love talking to you and hearing more about your story. I knew bits and pieces of it, but I mean, some of your story is just like total kismet, like meeting your, this woman in Baskin Robbins and yeah, yeah, all of that stuff is amazing. So you thank you so much. Yeah. 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 Always be kind and you serve up people their triple chocolate scoop or whatever yeah, it is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on tonight. And um, I love your story and I appreciate it. And I can't wait to see you again around with you soon. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for having Thanks, me. Thanks, Have a good night. Thank you. Good night. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. If you like what you've heard, hit subscribe to the podcast so you can catch the next episode when it's live. Also, you can find me um, on my blog. That is bluegrassbammer.wordpress.com. Or you can follow me at Bluegrass Bammer on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. See you next time. And until then, happy running. <laughs>